and welcome to episode 39 of the Girls in Movement podcast where we talk to incredible founders, speakers, influencers from all over the globe. Our podcast always I suppose showcases the journey of individuals and decisions they have made along the way to essentially get them to where they are now. Um, I suppose my guest today has made a big decision in their journey and if I'm totally honest she's done something incredible out of a situation that not many of us could understand. My guest has an incredible story and personally I feel like it's just starting. Um, She was the CEO and founder of a great organisation called Copperfield. She's a columnist for The Sun. Um, She was a London Olympic torchbearer, winner of a Pride of Britain award and also a brand new business owner. Um, She's nothing short of an inspiration so without further ado I welcome Chris Halenga. How are you Chris? Hi, I'm really good thank you. (laughs) Good. Um, So you're in lovely Cornwall at the moment aren't you? Yeah, lovely, rainy and grey Cornwall at the moment, yes. <laughs> you wouldn't have it any other way at this time of the year. <laughs> uh, no, do, do you know what, I love this time of year, it's quiet, no one's around um, and yeah, it's when like the locals can really appreciate it before the hordes of people come and yeah. I mean we do love, we love it when the tourists come too, so, like um, but it's it's nice and quiet. Nice, love it. Um, okay, so let's start from the beginning, Chris. Um, I suppose I, I was looking at the kind of Copperfield website and kind of getting to know the brand. And there's an incredible mm-hmm. line on the website which just sums up life, I suppose, before something like breast cancer hits. And it reads, "What happens at 23? Well, if you're lucky, seeing a bit of the world, brunching with mates, and a whole load of carefree fun. And if you're less lucky, breast cancer." So. Tell me, what were you doing before you were told the news? Kind of what were your plans? What was your, I suppose, <laughs> route back then? Um, to be honest, I was a bit of a lost 23-year-old who had no plans, had no real aspirations, no real, um, no real, I don't know, uh, idea of what my life should be and um I think I mean that's fine I think when you're 23 and you don't have a plan that's okay it's allowed um but um it took cancer for me to actually realize what I wanted to do and and what skills I had deep within and what I what I was what would what really drives me um and so yeah I was at the time um I just returned home from China um I was working for a travel company over there basically organizing holidays for expats um and uh I was also teaching English on the side um with no qualifications uh but that's apparently okay in China um I was just doing lots of conversational English with people um which I actually enjoyed way more than my job and I was learning some um Mandarin and yeah that I I just think my only my only two aims were to travel and somehow get paid doing it and to be happy um although I don't think I really realized what happiness was when I was at that age um so yeah I I that was that was me in a nutshell then 
Well, and I suppose, I mean, you started the, the line with you, you, you kind of didn't know what you were doing at mm. 23. I mean, for, for people who are listening, I mean, teaching English kind of in China and, and traveling the world, that's like what a lot of 23 year olds just they aspire to do that. So it's I mean, everyone has their own journey. So tell me about kind of the point where was it in China that you kind of heard about the news or was it when you came back home? How did that kind of process unfold? Yeah, so no, in China, I was completely unaware that um, I had breast cancer and, and it was only until I came home um, and that's when I was told that the cancer was there and that it had uh, progressed and was already um, at quite an advanced stage. So um, that very much grounded all my plans to mm. go back to China go or go somewhere else um, it meant being at home with my mum and receiving treatment from my local hospital um, and not doing much else but that um, yeah everything changed everything about what I, my, everything about my freedom to do whatever I wanted changed um, because I needed to get better and do you feel like you were kind of looking at your life in a totally different light I suppose it was no longer yeah. planning for the future but actually today is yeah. one yeah. day at a time I suppose yeah I mean I don't think I was really ever someone who planned for the future like I don't you know they you hear a lot about people who know what they want to do when they were young they know that they want to have families and get married and all that and I was never one of those people I never thought this is going to this is what I want to do and this is what's going to happen I just thought whatever will happen will happen um, and I think that stood me in good stead for when obviously my life did get thrown upside down and um, and I suddenly had to adapt to being a cancer patient um, and trying to sort of navigate my way through and with a terminal illness so um, that became my focus and so you were the founder and creative cop creator of Copperfield and I, yes. I'm right thinking it was with your twin sister as well so of course yes the, the main I suppose outside of looking in probably the main reason why you started it was because of your own story but yes how were the early days like how did it come about was it just kind of one day you were like fuck this like let's go help other girls or was <laughs> there more of like a plan behind it um no, it was it, it was uh, the sum of my, I guess, anger and frustration and annoyance that for so long I had I had been told that it was fine. I was young and it wouldn't be cancer for so long. I had not been told to check my boobs. So not once had I been educated about the importance of touching my boobs, having a look at them and knowing them really well. Um and it's it was that frustration of like oh but what if someone had said this to me or what if someone hadn't dismissed my symptoms um what if I knew my boobs really well uh that made me think well if no one's doing that then how is this ever going to change how like it are there's going to be so many more people like me in that situation that are so baffled and so angry and 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 it's just so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary for someone to be told that their cancer can't be cured because it was found late. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, something can be done about that. Education could be aimed at young people um, so that we catch this early. Um, and then after having 
well having lots of time on my hands <laughs> doing doing research into um what other breast cancer charities charities were doing what other just general cancer charities were doing um calling people all over the world to see what they were doing and what their opinions were on this matter um and kind of um my conclusion was that well no one was doing that no one was educating young people and so since I didn't really have much else to do other than get better I thought well let's try and see what I can do um with the help of friends who um also had no idea about the charity sector no idea about how to start a health campaign um but we were young we were our target audience we knew how to speak to young people because we were young people um and we thought well then well, at least that's we've got that going for us um and we're determined so um that was enough <laughs> yeah definitely I mean determination and kind of passion and having people around you who yeah. understand the audience you're going for is is definitely enough to kind of get it off the ground so I mean what yeah. were the kind of um because starting a I mean talking for someone from someone who has a not-for-profit it's it's obviously a, a kind of social good you're trying to make a change but there's still those fundamental elements of how you would start a business so getting the mm -hmm. brand out there and and making sure people know about the brand and what's the values what's the mission etc what were the yeah. sort of challenges in the early days because obviously in your personal life you've got this um kind of condition that you're trying to get better with and then you're trying to also start a not-for-profit and I suppose did you think that it would get to the level that it is now um I didn't ever not think that but okay. I found it really hard to comprehend how it would ever be big well known and successful and to be honest I didn't really understand what success meant um other than obviously i wanted to save lives but that's such a broad thing and um, that is such a massive statement um so to break that down a little bit um and i didn't break it down at that time i didn't think well educating someone about their boobs making someone feel confident that checking their boobs is really good like that's not saving their lives necessarily that's not that's not conclusively saving their lives but it's conclusively giving someone confidence and empowerment to know their boobs and that could potentially at some at some stage save their lives and that is just as good as saying I'm saving lives um except I didn't know that at the time and I think that's come through years of um you know the the campaigns that we've been doing and the impact that we've had um but at the time so I knew very little about marketing I knew very little about brand and strategy or anything but what I did know is how to ask for help. And I think when you have cancer <laughs> and you ask someone for help, they they would be a bit of a dick to say no. <laughs> so um, so that was definitely on my side. Yeah. People were desperate to help me. People feel very helpless when someone is ill. They they want they want to be able to help um, beyond making someone a cup of tea or you know just being there um they wanted to be practical and i said well can you help me formulate my brand personality and they my friend jamie who's now the chair of the charity was just like he was in his element because that was his job and he's like he's become he was and still is our marketing guru so um i didn't know this stuff but i i knew that other people did um and it's finding them and locking them in a room 
that <laughs> helped me to um, kind of formulate a plan and and go out there. And I think uh, I think the the bravest thing for us to do. And I'm so glad that someone had faith in us to do this and allowed us to do this. But just to go out there and um, the 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 best way you're going to find out whether what you're trying to do works is by trialing it <laughs> going out yes. there and speaking to your target audience and saying look this is what I want to do what do you think um, and so we went to a festival that was a student only festival and just started talking to people about boobs and we just thought well the best outcome will be for them to not run away kick, uh, screaming and crying and, and <laughs> frightened about breast cancer and, and that's definitely not what happened so they kind of left our little tent feeling good and empowered and actually satisfied that they'd learned something potentially really useful and I'd had a good chat with someone. Um, and I, and that was like, that was such an incredible thing to see. And then having done that a couple more times that summer, um, that's when we decided, okay, let's become a charity. Let's apply for charity status um, because it seemed to, Makes sense, and and I mean, even before that, there's you know, there's lots of little elements along the way that, um, that I've made it sound very like basic, but you know, <laughs> it was even things like someone designing my logo. So my sister had a background in garden design, which involved some graphic design. Um, so she and her biz then business partner um came up with the logo, and we weren't. There were two logos that we had um as our top two, and uh. To test it out we just like I just literally printed them out walked into town into my town centre in Daventry and just showed them to people just random people passers by and said what what does this logo mean to you what does this logo mean to you and um we just that's how we came up with our decision to go with the logo that we've still got today um so that's that it was it was priceless like we didn't that didn't cost us any money and um I just think a lot of people assume that you need help from big, you know, agencies to start these things. And you don't. You really don't. You, you can start by simply just leaving your house um, with some crappy pieces of paper and yeah. asking people what they think. Um, and I think that was a good lesson to learn very quickly. And for you, what were the sort of, um, because you're no longer, of course, you'll always be the founder of Copperfield, but yeah. you sat down, didn't you, as CEO of Copperfield, yes. is that right? Yeah, and, I did. And do you still kind of input into the organisation? or? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I, I kind of get the best bit now. I get to work on projects that I really want to work on um, without managing people, um, <laughs> which is really great. <laughs> Um, I don't think my strengths lie in managing people, um, but that's not why I stepped down. It was more because I wanted to get the charity to a stage where it could survive without me. Um, and I got there and I was really proud to get there. And I was really proud to be able to hand it over to someone more than capable and who is doing a brilliant job. Um, and yeah, I get to work on certain projects. I get to live in Cornwall, away so away from London. Um, uh, but still check in with the team and go up there and um, be just as included and be and be part of something special, but then be able to leave again and not feel bad about it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's the best place. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and what kind of looking back, um, what were the sort of highlights of Copperfield for you? Um, oh, so many. 
Um, <laughs> I think when people say, oh, what's your proudest thing or what's the best thing that's happened? And I'd be, you know, there, there are so many amazing things and opportunities and ex- incredible experiences that I've got to do because of the charity. But ultimately, like what matters the most is whether or not we've had any impact and uh, we've managed to achieve what we set out to achieve and and I think I will never forget the first time someone said that because of us their cancer was diagnosed early and it gave them the best possible chance of surviving um and I think that's when it all made sense that's when my cancer made sense it it made my, my life made sense um and I and and yeah, there's there's loads of cool stuff that's happened, but ultimately, I think that's the coolest. <laughs> no, and nothing can beat that, I suppose. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't think so. Um, so you were a columnist or are a columnist for the Sun. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? Well, we did a campaign with the Sun many moons ago, um, where we uh, took over uh, page three, which is obviously known for naked ladies. Um, <laughs> And we kind of turned it into something good every Tuesday. So every Tuesday, this person modeling will be talking about boobs and why it's important to check them. And then to um, kind of back that up, I would be writing a column about the realities of breast cancer in the health section health section of the paper. Um, and so we ran that campaign for eight months and it was amazing. I mean, it's the, the hardest thing we've ever had to do because it was very controversial at the time, but um, it paid off. and um we had some incredible impact um but the column kept going so i've been writing for over five years now um and yeah every tuesday i get to write 500 words about my life and what i think of certain new cancer developments um whether that's drugs or campaigns and um and just again keep giving people the reality check of what having a terminal illness is really like. Um, so, yeah, so long as they want it, I will keep writing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, what can I say really about that? <laughs> no, I mean, when when we start the conversation, just kind of yeah. uh, where you were in your life and yeah. fast forward and now, like, you're writing for The Sun, a, column, a weekly column. It's just, it's phenomenal and it's incredible from something which is not the best situation, but you've, you've turned it into kind of real positives to the pure kind of mission of it is to help other people and get the word out there really it's phenomenal yeah thank you um I suppose young girls who are listening what advice would you give them um in terms of checking their boobs and how they can get involved with Copperfield um what would you say to them um I would say uh I mean first and foremost do it (laughs) check your boobs um and uh to not be afraid of um doing that so it it might not be something that you do at the moment or have thought about doing and that's okay don't you know don't feel bad about that but just inform yourself inform yourself about the signs and symptoms and then just bring it into your routine like so if you're in the shower have a good look have a good check have a good feel it, what 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 do you notice this is it, you know the more you check the more you will know what's normal for you and if something isn't normal that's when you would hopefully go and check get it checked out um yeah. and it's 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 as simple as that and it doesn't need to be and it doesn't have to be complicated um so yeah just do it and um 
check out copperfield.org and see what we're up to follow us on social media and join in because um we're kind of fun so <laughs> uh, join that's us. a great tagline we're kind of fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i don't want to brag but i think we're kind of fun <laughs> um so what's next in 2020 so you're in Cornwall at the moment um mm-hmm. before we kind of started recording our podcast we were talking about your business that you've uh opened i suppose your side hustle um yeah. is your focus that in 2020 or what, what's your plan um i don't really have a firm plan for next year um but yeah, my sister and I have a coffee and cake truck business in Cornwall. So it's a street food van um, and it's it's very much a side project. It's certainly not the the breadwinner, um, <laughs> but we love it. And it's it's so vastly different from anything that we've done with the charity. And it's a nice escape. Baking is so wholesome and so meditative. Um, and serving people coffee on a on a day out when they're just there to have fun and have a nice day out is is really rewarding um and it's it's really going back to basics and i think people see me having done some amazing stuff like you know win a pride of britain award and hanging out with celebrities and stuff in london with the charity and i think yeah that's that's great and it's <laughs> it is wonderful that i get to do that but you know that's not everything it's absolutely no. not everything it's not and it's certainly not completely 100% what I want to do and for me what and going back to what I wanted to be and do when I was 23 it was to be happy and that comes in many forms and it's it comes in very simply by making a cup of coffee um and it's like having found that realization is at the age of 34 I think it's pretty good yeah a hundred percent no I love it it's um yeah it's it's inspiring to say the least and my final sort of question which I ask all my guests um if you could give your younger self any advice what would it be well my younger self who wasn't checking her boobs I would absolutely tell her to check her boobs (laughs) and be a health advocate be your own bodies and health advocate that would be my main bit of advice incredible chris thank you so much for joining the girls movement podcast we've loved oh, you're you. welcome um all of chris's details for copperfield um links to her column which is kind of out every tuesday instagram social media we'll, we'll post this on spotify itunes and wherever else you can hear podcasts today um so thank you so much again chris you're welcome thanks